We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. It feels like Miami. Miami, Miami. Miami, Miami. Miami, Miami. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Heat Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Sir Carlo Navas. Today is my favorite episode we've ever done because my Toronto Raptors have made the NBA Finals. We will get into some Heat talk. We will get into some draft talk. We will get into free agency. Lots of stuff. But to start, we're going to talk Toronto Raptors and NBA Finals with me today. We have producer and co-founder, Mr. Brian Goins. Happy to be back. We have been off a while, but we are back for the NBA Finals. Our last Finals. show was a watch party. Our last show was a watch party. Oh, wow. That was uh, the tequila watch party where I somehow got through a show on tequila. Uh, also with me today is our professional screw-up, Alex Toledo. Yo. We have our heapy insider, Saucy Nuggets, Lefty Leif. Draft season. Draft season. We're going to get into that later on in the show. We have our statistician and pun master, Nikias Duncan. Jasmine Thomas forever. <laughs> and we have two guests today. To talk Raptors basketball, we have Lior Kozai from DevPen Hoops and Raptors Rapture. Uh, he's part of uh, of the Toronto Raptors stronghold on Twitter. Lior, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me, guys. So uh, what, what's your at? Where can people find you on Twitter so they can come follow you right as they listen to this? It's Lior underscore KZ and Z for you Americans. Um, and it's <laughs> L-I-O-R for Lior. There we go. And also, we have a bonus Raptors guest. We have Iman from Twitter. Iman, welcome to the program. Hi, thanks for having me. 
Where what at can people find you at? You're you have the you have the best at ever. <laughs> Where can um, people find you? My, my at on Twitter is boo with five O's, U like the letter, and then whore like whore. Uh, on Twitter, yeah. <laughs> whore, whore like it's a whore. mean girls quote, everybody. It's a mean girls quote. Yes. <laughs> it's my favorite ad. It's amazing. Oh my god. Okay, guys. So the Raptors have I have been saying since October have finally reached the place where I said they would. The NBA Finals against the Golden State Warriors. Uh, I guess the surprise part is KD may or may not play. And I kind of want to start off, I kind of want to start off, I guess, in the obvious place for me, that I think it's going to be a better Kyle series than I think most people have talked about. Because I think going up to this point, other than the Orlando series, uh, Philly's really big, especially in the backcourt. And... Bledsoe is a big guy with with a big wingspan, and I'm surprised that Kyle played so well against him. I didn't think going in that that was going to be a, a good series for him because the Bucks have all sorts of help with length and everything. All NBA uh, defender Eric Bledsoe. All NBA, <laughs> all NBA defender and playoff bust Eric Bledsoe. And I've just I was kind of surprised that he played so well in in that Bucks series. And I was saying to myself, if they get to the Warriors, I do think Kyle's going to have a little more room to operate. Uh, there's going to be a little less size than he has been used to in the playoffs, even though Clay and, and, and I mean, Seth is not an all-world defender or anything, but, like, you know, you have Clay and Igudala, and, like, I'm sure that there'll be lots of switching on to him or whatever. Uh, I, Nikias, I don't know how you, I don't know if how much you agree with me there. I know that you're not as big on Kyle as I am. I, I wouldn't say I'm not. Well, I mean, I like Kyle. I'm just not a Kyle Lowry apologist, as, um, as some may say. But, no, um, I kind of agree with you. I do think... I think I tweeted this the other day, like, the Warriors, funny enough, is probably going to be the worst defense that the Raptors have faced in this playoff run. Exactly. So, um, if they don't put Clay on Kyle, which could obviously happen, um, I do think there's room for him to kind of get loose, especially in those high dribble handoff sets and stuff that they like to run. I think there's going to be room for him to kind of work off ball, um, get downhill when necessary, kind of being that go to state defense a little bit. Those days, Lior. I know. I know that you you're out here in the Lowry hive with me. <laughs> um, I probably expect them to put Clay on him at least to start. I know they do that with um, with most point guards. You'll see Clay and Curry cross match, um, and that's what they did in the regular season where they kind of hid stuff on Danny Green. That was actually one of Danny's like only games this year where he went down to the low post. I don't think they're gonna <laughs> try no, that much I in this not. series. Yeah, I would hope not. But um, they may hunt Steph like a little bit, um, trying to get that switch. Uh, Kawhi's <laughs> not um, hasn't been great at getting like a smaller guy switched onto him. But I think Kyle could even try to attack stuff a bit and. Also, just in like the high pick and roll against it, if the Warriors are playing one big, I think Kyle has got to take it at Looney. And I mean, Looney's obviously the best out of those guys, but then like whoever else is the big, if if they play Bogut or Damian Jones or whoever, he's just got to take it at him. And, I kind of, um, yeah. No, I kind of look at Looney as kind I mean, he's been so good off switches this year when a guard gets on him. I, I almost kind of look at Looney as the reverse Kyle Lowry. Uh, <laughs> the, the Raptors almost want a bigger guy to post up Kyle because he's so good at getting guys off their spots. And Looney, like, it, it's almost a yeah. false sense of security that when Looney switches on you, it's not, I don't think it's as free as some people make it out to be. Yeah, Looney's probably the one guy who, like, you don't want to, 
they'll just keep attacking that, especially as he gets like more comfortable switching to Unsim. But pretty much any of the other bigs, if they're going to be playing one big, um, even if Boogie gets back, maybe uh, going at him or just um, Damian Jones or whoever else the Warriors are going are going with. And then, uh, and then, yeah, like I think they'll be really focused on Kawhi, and that kind of gives everyone a chance to pick their spots. So, like, if this is a series where Boogie plays, even if it's just, like, 10, 10 or 12 minutes or whatever, like, the Raptors haven't been great this playoff run at, like you said, kind of, like, hunting guys. Like, I remember J.J. Redick. Like, they did a horrible job of, like, attacking and punishing J.J. Redick. I think maybe Boban might be the only guy that they successfully played off the floor, but that's not, like, it's not too hard to do that, I, I don't think. Um, so I, I'm a little worried about them being able to hunt those bad matchups. Like they just, I don't know if it's a, I don't know if it's a product and Nikias and, and um, Iman, you can jump in whenever, but like, I don't know if that's more of a product of them not dumping the ball off early enough, or if, if just guys are switching too quick and they're not making decisions fast enough about attacking. Um, I'll let you guys go ahead. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll mostly lean to the Raptors people here, but it doesn't feel like that's the way the Raptors play. Like yeah. I feel like they don't they don't really hunt isolations. It really hasn't been until but they recently try. that it really hit a heavy dose with Kawhi. Like, like it's almost the- like it's almost like Kawhi is so good at attacking his primary guy, he doesn't really feel like he doesn't really want to screen a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Um and kind of like the teams they played weren't like the best examples because Philly kind of had a few guys they could throw at him. Um but just yeah, just Kawhi kind of feels comfortable attacking his way. And it's not as pronounced as earlier this year, but there was kind of a thing where earlier this year, like Kawhi would play his way with the ISOs and then the rest of the team would kind of play their way. And I think we kind of saw it um, and their way was kind of more ball movement, like off ball movement, screen and roll kind of uh, style. And we saw it kind of at the beginning of the fourth in game six of the Buck series when they outscored them with Kawhi on the bench and, um, and Lowry in the bench kind of got going. And I think that's like at the beginning of the second and fourth is kind of that stretch where a lot of the bench is in. And it's usually when the only two times Kawhi rests. And that's kind of when you could see Lowry attacking and getting downhill in the pick and roll and then kind of with shooters all around him. And that's kind of the time to attack those big guys. But I don't think it's from a lack of trying because especially in the Phillies here, like they had Danny screen for Kawhi a lot because that's who JJ Redick was on him, and they just were never able to successfully punish that, and they just stopped trying after a certain point because it just became, it, it just wasn't working. So that's why I'm kind of wondering like if they're just not gonna go. The Bucks were a little more difficult to pick on a guy. I mean, like they, they tried to put Lopez a little bit in the pick and roll. And he was yeah. switching sometimes, sometimes. Yeah, not, I think so. also it might be just a product of Danny not being like a great screener. Like if you could get those guys onto Kyle and then like if Steph is on Kyle for some possessions, then Kyle is a much better screener. And then that way, um, that might be a way to allow Kawhi to attack on those switches. Because yeah, like you said, they did try to attack Redick and then they just weren't. They gave up. The <laughs> yeah, they basically they're gave just up. Like, nah. And uh they did they did a little better attacking um Harris, getting Harris on switches, who also couldn't really defend Kawhi. But yeah, definitely like either because of Danny screening or just whatever it was, they weren't like great at um attacking Redick as kind of the weak the weak. LeBron time. LeBron and Dwayne down here were so great at finding matchups, like finding the guy that they would play off the floor. They were so good and that was um 
like Leif, I don't know if you remember, but like they just have Chalmers or Ray Allen like screen for like this little guard and then LeBron eats them up top in the pick and roll. It was just nothing that they can do. And then you have these great shooters flaring out into the corners. It was just, man. Yeah. And... I miss that, man. <laughs> God. God. I mean, it's also the last team to beat Golden State. Like, that's what they did, right? Like, even on Kyrie's, like, game-winning figure, like, um, not game-winning, but, like, the the big shot to put them ahead in Game 7, he got Steph on the switch. Like, Steph was hiding on JR or Shumpert or whoever almost all of that series. Which is why, but like... isn't that part of it? Like, you guys just brought up Wade and LeBron and then Kyrie and LeBron, but you look at that Sixer series, and it was really just Kawhi Leonard. Danny Green did set screens and they it was it was difficult to attack i think they, they definitely tried and it was yeah I, I do feel like they tried a lot and, and it just it was honestly like never to a good avail and and i i kind of wonder their ability to do that this series and i guess that kind of i know the raptors like to switch a lot off ball uh, i'm curious how much they're going to do against the warriors because i think it could be tempting because you don't want a guy to get space and i imagine they're going to want to press the ball, but again, it's like it's a little dicey, like how much you should do it, especially when Gasol's in the game. Yeah, in terms of the Raptors switching. Yeah, like off ball stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like you want to avoid the Gasol switching. Like in the Philly series, that's pretty much what they did. They were willing to switch like one through four, and like Gasol, like you can't have him switch onto Steph. Like he's toast. So. Um, I do expect them to switch a lot with Lowry, though, like more than most people would expect, just because Lowry's so great at containing a guy like Draymond or whoever, basically anyone besides KD who's not available. Like he can guard like all those guys. He's used to chasing guys like Clay, and he can like he's obviously not gonna do a great job because those guys are just good offensive players, but like he can hang with them as well as any of the Raptors. Yeah, we saw it against Middleton in the in the in the Buck series. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I like Kyle defend like I've I've seen people want Kyle on on Clay, but I kind of like him on Steph for that reason, especially for the Draymond Steph pick and roll. If they switch it, it's not the worst thing in the world for the Raptors. Like he's gonna be able to be kind of strong and and uh, against Draymond, and he has really active hands, especially like when Draymond brings the ball like low in the post or whatever. I don't hate that yeah. for them. I think I think that I think where people are sort of worried about Lowry on on Clay is just to have him on ball guarding Curry. I'm sorry, on Curry is just gonna tire him out. I think that that's sort of the fear, um, and also Green switching on to Draymond. I, I you know you. Lowry's so great in the post, and it, it's great to have bigger guys try to sort of, you know, bait just post-up opportunities against him. And, you know, even if it lands in sort of a, a Draymond, just like turn, turn around, fade away, it's just not – that's not a shot that you want if you're the Warriors, and so it's great for the Raptors. But I think you can put Green. I think you can put Siakam. I think you can put really anyone on Curry, and I think that that's what's really great about this Raptors team. And if you're looking for, you know, reasons that you can pick them in a series like this, I think it's because of their ability to really shut down that Draymond Green, Stephen Curry pick and roll. Yeah, do you, what do you think? Guys, oh no, no, go, Leo, go. Uh, what do you guys think of the idea of Siakam on Curry? Because I've seen people throw it out a little bit, and he's guarded like he guarded John Wall, like he was the best defender on John Wall for last year's playoffs, and he guarded Bledsoe a lot in that series once they had Kawhi take Giannis, and like in theory, it kind of works, but I don't feel super comfortable because those guys are like guys you wanted 
you want to take the jump shot and then Siakam has the foot speed like when they drive into him to kind of handle it and stay in front of them but Steph is obviously a completely different thing where he's just you've got to chase him off screens and like all that stuff and I don't know if Siakam can kind of hang with a guy like that Um, I hate it for one reason I he's their best help defender and you take that away yeah I also think, uh, you know, Anthony Canton said this on Twitter. I also think just, like, baiting Siakam into into fouls and just getting him in foul trouble is really going to hurt. And I think Stephen Curry can probably do that, and you, you really don't want to take him out. And also, yeah, he's he's a great help defender. If you can just put him on Iggy and just have him as your free safety is probably your best option if you're the Raptors. I love that for them. I, I also don't hate him on Draymond. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. Could, yeah, I think Kawhi, Kawhi or Siakam on, on the three and the four is great. Yeah, because basically Kawhi and Siakam, like you could say the same thing about both of them, right? Like as a help yeah. defender, Kawhi is also great. Just um, reaching in, like basically anyone within like five feet of him is just like losing the ball. <laughs> this the thing. I, I know that they're going to probably want to switch at, at least one through three on everything. Like I think that I, on ball screens in particular, like I think that that's going to be like the main goal for them. It's just going to be. Who's going to be on Steph if it's Danny, if it's or if it's Kyle? Yeah, which I I don't think either are bad options. Uh, yeah, Nikias, I'm, I'm guessing they'll start with Danny on Steph, but like I wouldn't be surprised to see um Lowry start on him. Like I could see just because like you're kind of like yeah, definitely it's probably more work to be on Steph on the ball, but honestly, like with the way the Warriors play, like they're both moving so much off the ball and like. You can't really, unless you hide Lowry on Iguodala, like you can't really avoid um, like him having to work on defense in this. But why? Why would I mean? I don't think hiding Kyle. I mean, Kyle's a super plus defender. No, just to like, just to like conserve his energy or whatever. Or if you think like Danny on Steph and like Kawhi on Clay, like some people have thrown that out, and then Siakam would be on Draymond. Like they just kind of have so many options that like any of them are kind of feasible. Are we? are we feeling that this is more of a Gasol series or an Ibaka series? Because I also feel like that's going to be a big part of it. I feel like at times, I think Mark is really smart and Mark's really brilliant. And I think that, I think at the end of games, he's probably really valuable for kind of, I mean, the Warriors love those little back cuts and he's so good at like sniffing those out and, and all that stuff. But I just, I'm scared about his like lateral mobility. Yeah, I could definitely see him, like, getting just the Warriors will find, like, will kind of force him to try to make him switch onto Steph. And then, like, we saw what he did to Nene and just, like, turned him around or whatever. <laughs> um, obviously, Mark's a much better defender than Nene, but, like, he that's, like, his one weakness is the foot speed. Um, yeah, I mean, I could see it. I feel like Mark will do better than people expect. Um but like he could he could struggle like Ibaka could have his moments where he's just a better option um but I but Ibaka's not like super mobile anymore either so you're kind of and then Mark's like better offensively usually so we'll see um I could definitely see them like like either hiding if they're gonna if the Warriors go small they could hide Mark on Iguodala to try to avoid that and make it kind of a worse screener instead of having to put him on like. Do you Draymond. think? Do you think this could be a series with Siakam at the five? I want that so bad, but <laughs> I think Anthony. Um, 
uh, one of the one of the guys at Raptors Republic was saying that it's it's on Anthony Doyle was telling me that like unless OG's there to play the four, it becomes hard. Which I don't know, yeah. man. Yeah, I don't... so OG's just been listed as questionable for game one. Yeah, that's interesting. That's... Yeah. But is uh, it a big deal? Because like I this guy know. hasn't played basketball in forever. Yeah. You're just gonna drop him against the freaking yeah. Warriors. I think the Siakam yeah. at center lineup, like I loved it, but it played like 12 minutes off season. But at the same time, I mean, the Siakam, Ibaka, Kawhi lineup, like the closed game seven, like with the season on the line, yeah, that's, played like 10 minutes. Played zero minutes. Yeah, like, <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think Kawhi played the two at all in the regular season. And we saw that in the playoffs. Yeah. So like, I wouldn't put it past them, like, especially if it gets desperate to do anything. But like, also, I don't know, like they're... I'm not that worried because, like, they're not a great rebounding team either, right? Like, people were talking about, like, um, like Cleveland beat the Warriors with offensive rebounding, and I just – I don't think that's even, like, an option for the Raptors just because, like, they've, they've struggled. Like, no matter how big they are, they're not, like, a great offensive rebounding team. So, I – This is probably the one series that you look at for the Raptors where they should have a rebounding advantage. Yeah, it's like – Like, the Sixers were just massive – yeah, for sure. Like, it's like, I feel like it's almost in theory. And then, like, you see these big lineups, and it's like they showed out rebound them. And then you see, like, Draymond gets 12 rebounds or whatever. And then, like, Warriors have a 33% offensive yeah. rebound percentage. Yeah, which like, is, like, somehow insane. the Warriors, like, I mean, Looney's been great, but, like, somehow the Warriors just managed to, like, hold their own. Um, Steph is sneaky. See, He's yeah. a sneaky <laughs> rebounder. I could see, I could still see, um, you know, like, when they run those when they run a just a high pick and roll, like there's always um the Raptors are great at this where I forget what it's called. There's like there's an NBA term for it, but just um when you switch off the ball like while the screener's coming up and the Raptors are great at just doing that, like communicating so that instead of Mark having to guard the screener, because let's say like he's hiding on Iguidala, um they want to get him in the pick and roll and they switch like while Iguidala's coming up top to set the screen. And that way, like, it's Siakam or Kawhi or whoever coming to guard the screener. So that way, like, it avoids Mark being in a pick and roll, like, no matter what, basically. And that I could kind of see them doing a, that a lot just to avoid Mark or Ibaka um, getting isolated on stuff. I mean, part of that is just, like, the collective genius of this team. I know Arnovitz <laughs> has been raving about it. Like, they're, they're legit brilliant. And, like, they remind me a lot of the 2000. 12 uh 13 heat like it's just a bunch of smart ass dudes like lebron battier wade ray allen bosh like just a, these collective guys that i think the sum of their intelligence is like incredible and i think uh arnavid said that they're problem solvers right like they're presented with a problem and they, they solve these problems and the warriors are the biggest problem but they they figure stuff out, even if sometimes Nurse doesn't do the best coaching job, which I thought he was was pretty good against Milwaukee. But I think in, maybe in spite of, of their coaching, I do think that they these guys just figure stuff out like naturally. Yeah, I mean, like all of them are really high IQ. Kyle's like Kyle's a fucking smart players in the league, Kyle's, and and Marcus is just center Kyle. Yeah. He's center. It's so great to have him. It's like there's there's another one of these, and he plays center. Yeah. <laughs> they both you have like that, 
do you guys remember? I don't know if you guys saw it. Definitely mine saw that play against the Magic, I think, game three or four, where they were just like playing hot potato. I think yes. they had four passes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then they finally got yeah, like. That's a, th- that's a thing that you're in this series, you really can't have the Kyle Lowry, <laughs> Marcus Ole hot potato. So it was really great to see Kyle Lowry just come alive in, in that Buck series. I think he had like a 50, 40, 80 series or 50 yes. 45 80 series and he averaged nearly 20 points a game so to see him be aggressive and look for his shot again against eric bledsoe it, it's just yeah i'm excited for <laughs> the finals against uh, and, and also lowry's had some of his best games in the last five years against the warriors some of the most that's what i'm saying <laughs> curry lowry just there's one game where i think they both went for like 44 and 40 points yeah. each i think kyle had 40 and and Curry had like forty four, forty three, and it, it was decided by three points. <laughs> those three points. So they just had really exciting games. One of Lowry's biggest games of this season was against um was against the Warriors when uh, Kawhi Leonard was out. Yeah, and they won that game. Yeah, they, they, they yeah they 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 both they beat the, the Warriors twice. Once where KD and and Kawhi just sort of had a both had just dominant performances, and then the other one um was just Lowry taking over. Yeah, they've been putting replays of that on like TSN and whatever here. <laughs> like, Did you see that Chris Bosh is going to be on TSN? That Chris Bosh is going to be part of the TSN yeah. broadcast? Chris, oh, really? Chris yes. Bosh will be part of the TSN broadcast, yeah. <laughs> so that is so exciting. Can I get the TSN Bosch? stuff? <laughs> he's so good. I love Chris Bosh so much. Yeah, he'd be great on TV. That's um, like I'm glad that he's making that transition. I think that's good for him. He's brilliant. He would be so good on that Raptors team right now. I mean, him and um, him and Danny are like both professional media guys, basically, with like no experience. Yeah. They just could you could natural. you imagine Chris Bosh on this Raptor team right now? He would be the second scorer that they need with a three point shot and like this <laughs> genius pick and roll defender. How old is he now? What'd you say, to guys? Mark and Kyle, um, Iman said it best. Like they, they're so similar. Like they have a Lode describes them as persnickety, and they have like this yeah. utilitarian <laughs> mentality of how basketball should be played. And they will, damn it, they will play it this way if it kills them, which I love. Yeah, I mean, it can it can drive you crazy when you're like, shoot it! And they're just like, I'm going to pass it to Norm in the corner because that's a better shot than me taking it about the break. And it's like, no, it's not. <laughs> but, Mark yeah. drives me crazy. Like, there were times in the Buck series, not not so much in the Buck series, but like in the Philly series in particular, that he just would not do it. And I'm like ripping my hair out. Like, what are you yeah. doing? <laughs> Yeah, game, I think it was game three um, when they just got blown out in Philly where people were posting screenshots the day after of Mark and he's got like 12 feet of space and it's basically like the same screenshots of Ben Simmons from earlier this season where someone's like, Mark didn't shoot this and ever, like they're giving it to him just wide open. Like Kyle doesn't really have like that open but still like you'll see the those times and they just need to not hesitate i think that's a big thing against the warriors because and not overpass i think that's the other thing where the raptors are a really smart team but sometimes it's like okay you guys are being a little too smart with it you have the shot right now just take it yeah and later in the clock like the later in the clock you get the tougher the shots are going to get Kawhi's the only one that doesn't overthink things yeah, Kawhi just shoots. Yeah, and and I guess I guess Pascal, but like because nothing bothers him. Nothing yeah, phases like, him. Nothing bothers his programming. <laughs> yeah, 
And his, like, uh, especially in these road games where like, like you just move. see like people say role players so it's like play on move. the road, and I mean like it's probably true, especially in the not Van Vliet. <laughs> not Van Vliet. Yeah. But, Put that but, to rest. Yeah, you pretty much like Kawhi just plays through everything. Like you don't even notice any difference at all. Like he's he's stoic. He doesn't have any facial expression until the end of the game, and like and just, <laughs> he just plays his game. And I mean, it's been incredible to watch. So we haven't really. I want to ask you guys one more thing before I let you guys go. We haven't talked about the KD aspect of this. We've kind of gone under the assumption like he's not there, which obviously him there completely changes the series. And I think, and I, I said this pre-show, I'm actually going to go public with my take. It's a really bad take. Nikai is shaking his head. Uh-uh. Alex is rolling. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I- Iman hasn't heard it. I low-key think that Kevin Durant in the lineup, it it makes it an easier defensive match. Oh, that's a horrible way to put it. Uh-oh. The matchups are more natural <laughs> for the Raptors. The matchups are more natural for the Raptors if Kevin Durant is in the lineup, particularly because throughout the playoffs, they have not really played very complicated offense. I'm not even, I mean, we're not even counting the damn Magic series, whatever the hell Steve Clifford was doing. But in the in the Philly series and the Bucks series, like they're the, the the Sixers don't run anything too complicated. They don't run a lot of action that's like particularly like that that involves a lot of movement like the Warriors do and the Bucks ran a pretty simple offense it's Bud's offenses are really simple spread it out and go right so I think the Warriors matchup is going to present a very new issue that they have not seen all see all like all playoff run especially the way that they're playing now and I think the more stationary ball stagnant Warriors offense which while Nova I do think allows them to settle in a little easier, stay home on shooters, have Kawhi guard Durant straight up, uh, have Pascal maybe send a little help off Igudala. That's kind of my viewing of things, which is probably a bad take, and I went public with it anyway. But we're here. I mean, I get the, I get it in theory. I disagree with it. No, yeah, I disagree with it too. I, I, but I believe it. I don't know what to tell you. It's bad. It's bad. But yeah, it's like when you know, like they show the starting lineup graphic and they line up like point guard shooting guard, all of them next to each other, and then you see it and you're like, oh, that makes sense. Kawhi on, yeah, on you know. Kevin Durant, and then Siakam on Draymond and Lowry on Curry, whatever. And yeah, and then, and then it makes sense on paper, and then two minutes into the game, they switch and Kyle Lowry's guarding Kevin Durant. <laughs> Kyle can do it, man. I believe in Kyle. I just do not believe in Kyle with that. As soon as you said that, I cringed. My face was just like, oh. Like, I love Kyle, but yeah, no, no, no. He, um, I, my, my other hot take is I think Kyle is going to be finals MVP. I've been saying that since October. As a Raptors fan, there's absolutely nothing that would make me happier. Like, like, I get so emotional just thinking about the whole arena chanting his last name um, as, as he was being presented with the, with the Eastern Conference championship trophy thing. I cried. But um, what Kawhi's done this playoffs, like, I don't, I don't even think Kawhi needs to do any – like, he, he is finals MVP. Like, just, like, stepping on the court. If the Raptors end up winning this, he deserves it just for the shot alone. Just getting him there. Um, I think um, that that's like Raptors fan fiction. If I got to write a story, it'd be Kyle Lowry averages fifty points a game and wins Finals MVP. I have him. I have him with the triple double with steals. That's my <laughs> just triple double with just small no, stuff. Rebounds, assists, and steals. 
Okay, nice. that's actually okay. Now that you're mentioning steals, do you think this mm. is going to be a really fast-paced series? Do you think yes that the Warriors, I guess, are going to dictate pace if it's fast? Like, do you think that that's what's going to happen, or do you think it's going to be? You know, the Raptors were are the best defense I think in the NBA right now, based on what they were able to do against the Bucks and and the Sixers. Do you think it's going to be like a really slow it down type of series, or do you think it's going to be Warriors basketball? I think the Raptors. I think the Raptors can do both. I think they're going to play fast in the beginning, and as the game progresses, it's going to get slower and slower, and it's going to be a more steady diet of Kawhi walking the ball up. Yeah, I think like instead of like what Cleveland did in like 2015, where LeBron took like 40 shots a game at like a slow pace, I think they'll do that for the fourth, and then the rest of the game will be like kind of slow, but they'll run like when they can, like the hopefully they can get some of those long outlets and stuff like that. But they yeah. got to get guys going like they got to get Danny going yeah. and I think and they got to get like and I and I think we're going to see a lot of Fred Kyle together lineups and that's yeah. you oh, have yeah, to yeah. play fast like I think that when they have those smaller units out there they're going to have to really really push the pace and rely on their and rely on their their transition defense hasn't been good though that's the only thing that like really concerns me about this series yeah but they've also been right. against like Giannis and Simmons in transition. Which well, is look what they are against now. Warriors are yeah, also, yeah. The I know. Warriors it's are right like, up there. <laughs> yeah, it's just like a different type of like transition event. It's like almost inside out because like instead of getting beat on like guys attacking the rim, you're getting beat by Steph and Clay, which is like a whole another type of defense. Might be even said scarier. Yeah, it, exactly. it might be. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let me get let me get y'all's predictions. Uh, Iman, what do you got? Um. Can I go last? I haven't thought of it yet. Okay. Liz. Uh, Lior. Okay. Liz. Um, an L-I-N. I like logically, I want to say logically probably Warriors in six, but I'm going to take the Raptors in seven. We need this. Yes! <laughs> Leif! Prediction, That's dog. Me? Yeah, That's prediction, you. I'm getting you warmed up for this heat draft talk that we're about to have, so I'm getting your vocal cords ready. Warriors in six. You're the worst. Brian, prediction. <laughs> I think Raptors in seven. Yeah! And Nikaias. Raps in six. Yes! Oh. Alex! <laughs> Without KD, Warriors in six. You guys know young players have to take their lumps, right? Like, that's Fuck like you, a playoff Alex. rite of passage. Like, they have to. Kyle Lowry hasn't has taken enough lumps. Kyle has taken. The Raptors are just one giant lump at this point. <laughs> the, Raptors got, the Raptors got pretty old, actually. Like, they were like the youngest team. Oh, they're they're super old team. Danny Green, yeah. Cole, uh, Kyle Lowry, Marcus Gasol are yeah. all 35. It's just 30 Baca yeah, is 35 plus. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> They're old, man. They're old. Alex is a traitor. I hate him. And and Leif, by the way, like Gasol is like filled with lumps. Kyle is filled with lumps. Danny Green is filled with golden championship lumps. I never heard Raptors in six. Never. Yes. Alex is the only one. All right, Iman. It's up to you. What do you got? Um. Okay. So uh, I picked the Bucks in six, and that worked out well for the Raptors. So uh-huh. I'm gonna continue and put Warriors. I, you know what? No, screw it. I'm gonna do Raptors in six as well. Yes. That got Raptors in five, baby. <laughs> I got Raptors in five. Winning in Oracle. Raptors in five. I got Raptors in five. Winning. winning I like it. Winning, yeah. Winning. Winning. Uh. 
Yeah. It's a dilemma because like, Actually, you know what? I change it to Raptors in five. I want them winning at the ACC. Yes! <laughs> we got this! Wanna, if, if they're going to win, I want to see them win at home. But also, like, yeah. I, I don't think I could handle a game seven in stress wise. Yeah, I don't have another game seven in me. Oh. That was the one was enough. As someone who has gone through a game seven as a fan, I'll, I didn't breathe that whole Spurs Heat game seven. You know, like low key, yeah, people don't imagine. people remember the the game six shot that Ray Allen did. That game mm-hmm. six was so weird because the it was like pretty close. Then the Heat like got down double digits, and then it was looking bad. And then LeBron lost his headband, and he came back. Wade was horrible that game, and then they had like five turnovers in a row, and then they looked like they were gonna lose. So that was that was like a really weird game. That game seven was within five points the entire time. Didn't Duncan have like twenty five in the first half? Like Duncan. Yeah, was... I really don't remember that game seven. No, yeah, I'm trying to think back, but I, I doesn't like I remember the game six. I don't remember the game seven. Nothing like notable yeah. happened. It was just very Didn't well LeBron played. Have, like, LeBron have like thirty seven or something. Yeah, like five series. Dwayne had such a well played yeah, basketball. Like, <laughs> it was that was that was like my favorite stylistically to watch, like the two Spurs Heat finals. Like I think. Like the Warriors totally. They only played one finals. What are you talking about? There was only one. I don't remember. (laughs) I mean, this is only Kawhi's second finals appearance. Yeah. (laughs) It was. No, I mean, I, 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 there was a. A few people talk about a broken air conditioning. I don't remember anything of the sort. (laughs) Some, some Kawhi guy. He kind (laughs) of ate us up. That that game seven, I just couldn't breathe the entire who is, time. Who is like the Spurs guy you guys hated the most? Like, there's always Danny one Green guy. and Gary Neal. Gary Neal. Yeah, it has to be Danny Green with the shot. Because he How killed about, us. It was Gary Neal for me. Because Gary Neal wasn't good. Gary Neal wasn't good. And Gary Neal was God against the Heat. I mean, Danny Green was more <laughs> annoying because it's like, oh, this good shooter is like killing them. But it was like Gary Neal's hitting stuff for the damn logo. And I was like, who is Patty this Mills guy? Patty Mills. Be in this series? Oh, like the random hero? One, Norm- one that the Raptors would hate and a random player that maybe the Warriors would or just Oh, one Raptors are going to hate Looney. Raptors are going to hate Looney. Are you going to hate who? Rap- oh, we're going to hate Looney. We're going to hate Looney. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna yeah hate probably. Luna. I think Norm I Norm's gonna have a game or Norm, two. Norm only plays well against the Bucks. Norm? Yeah, unless 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 the Warriors put on Bucks jerseys, unless he sees Giannis somewhere. <laughs> you know, I, I know that I just told you I was gonna go. I mean, we haven't talked. Like, I, I feel like it's not discussed enough how what a disaster the Lin signing was. Um, I mean, it was like a minor thing. Like we thought he was. Like, I thought he was yeah, gonna play. He, he he his first two games he was great. Like his first two games in Toronto, and then like and then he shot like oh for thirty four on threes over like ten games. And then like, what are you gonna do? You can't. It's not the same when Jose calls yeah. guardian. Win against to win a championship. That's all that matters. <laughs> you guys have been the best. Thank you so much for coming on. We gotta have you guys back on. Thank you, Vaughn. Thank yeah, you, Leo. You guys are great. Now we're gonna pivot. To Miami Heat draft talk. Woo! Um, man, that was my dream, guys. <laughs> I did. Uh, I did Raptors. Oh yeah, you guys can go. You guys don't have to stay for the for the Heat stuff unless you want to. If you want to stay for Heat draft talk, you could absolutely stay. But I don't. I don't know how much interest that would be for you. I don't you. know if I can contribute to that. Yeah, it's just a. Uh, yeah, I have nothing to contribute. Yeah, so you, you guys, uh, you guys can head out. That's all we need. 
You're welcome to stay if you'd like, but uh, you guys can can head out. Uh, if the you luxury guys want. life of being in the finals. Oh man, it's so great! You know, it's <laughs> great when your teams in the finals are not worrying about the lottery like your team. <laughs> Seriously though, like like enjoy it because man, do we miss it? <laughs> we're, yeah, we're looking at cap permutations and see how we can get the rid of the waiters. I never thought I'd be on a podcast talking about the Raptors in the finals. <laughs> Me neither. Yeah, the Kyle Lowry finals MVP. The Kyle Lowry finals. I don't mind Heat podcast. Yeah. I uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you guys are awesome. Thanks. All right, thanks guys. All right. Bye. Bye. So, Brian texted me. There's so much Heat news. Christ in all caps. All right, Brian. <laughs> How'd I do? How'd I do? How'd I do with like fellow Raptors people? Did you I should start in? your own Raptors beat podcast. Did I fit in? I feel like I did great. You may not be the host of this show next next week. How, I feel like I killed it. You have a new job. Did I kill it or what? Nikias, did I kill it? I'll say it. You 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 felt more it sounded like you were more comfortable talking about the Raptors than you This did, is but, very true. That's where I'm like, like, we're gonna talk about the draft right now. I know you haven't seen a single prospect. I don't know and a lot of the listeners who want to listen to this podcast don't want to listen to the Raptors. They want to listen to all of our heat content, including us breaking that Juwan Howard story last week. Oh, that's right. Yeah. We did that. I've been so in I've been so into like I haven't read that Barry Jackson story that you told me to read yet. Because I've been looking yeah. at Kyle Lowry hustle stats. I got a little DM nugget while while we were listening to Raptors talk, and it sounds like Mike Miller may join Juwan Howard up at Michigan. Ooh. Isn't he uh where he's um he's at another universe. He's somewhere. at Memphis, right? I don't know where, but he's somewhere. He's at here. Memphis, yeah. The only stuff you can get here. Um so I know that there's been a lot of talk. There's a different Mike Miller. It's not our Mike Miller, by the way. Our Mike Miller is in Memphis. He coaches. Uh, he's an assistant coach in Memphis. So what's that, Mike Miller? Are we this talking is about? a different Mike Miller. He is a coach of the Westchester Knicks, and he was actually the G League Coach of the Year. Good for you. Wait a second. So a Mike Miller we've never heard of is the one that's going to be with Juwan? It's, it's true. Yes. So Nate is like, I got a nugget, well, Mike it, Miller. Well, good that because all it says is Mike Miller to Michigan. So, like, that's what I'm rolling with. Like, the, I only know one Mike Miller. He has one shoe and he shoots lots of threes. Did you be imagine games. if we reported that and fucking rolled with it, like, on and on, and then, like, it happens, but it's not like the Mike Miller everyone thinks? <laughs> it would be perfect. Well, we weren't wrong. We're, not, we're technically not wrong. That's really funny. Um, yeah, the other Mike Miller has a number one recruiting class this year with Penny Hardaway, so I don't think he's going to leave. Yeah. Well, so. not with that attitude. <laughs> By the way, you can check our – Brian, what do we got What do we got on 5reasonsports.com? You got to check out the website. You got to check out all the podcasts on the 5 Reasons Sports Network. Started by Ethan Skolnick and Chris Whittingham. Ethan Skolnick had Nikai Duncan on yesterday to talk all things NBA draft. Yeah, so the latest from us would be the podcast that Nikai did on the 5 Reasons Sports Network um, uh, channel. Uh, we also had uh, three stories. Um, there, were, there were big board stories, one for the wings, one for forwards, and one for the guards. And there's one coming this week on the bigs for the NBA draft. Uh, both Nikias, Leif, and actually also Jack Alfonso contribute to those three stories. And then the latest thing I have is I've put together a draft tracker on 5reasonsports.com. Um, basically, it's it's tracking everything from the pro day workouts, um, the individual workouts that Miami is going to be bringing to their facility um, in June, starting in June, and then also any interviews that they've had at the Combine. Um, so I've basically been putting together every single 
nugget that you've seen online or on Twitter onto one single page to make it easier for you guys to follow along. Brian is the man. All this on 5reasonsports.com. You see that, Ethan? We're out here. Okay, (laughs) Churning out the content. Churning out the content. So... Oh, plus we also broke the Juwan Howard story. If we you broke still the Juwan Howard story, uh, Christian Hernandez and Lefty Leif did all the heavy lifting on that reporting. Uh, yeah, Twenty four hours in advance, we broke the story. We broke it as he was in his uh, his meeting. But um, oh, Christian, we, yeah, we, already knew, we knew ahead of time what was going to happen. Look Quite a that. bit of humble bragging going on right now. <laughs> Look at that! A lot of a lot of back padding here on, on Raptors. One of beat. my favorite albums, Victory Lap. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so draft is draft is coming up soon. Um, I know that I do want to address I do want to address something real quick because a lot of people on Twitter and now there's some speculation, some some stuff has been put out there that Hassan and Goran may opt out. Um, We did a little reporting, uh, we being five reasons, and we've we've I think we're comfortable saying that it's probably not gonna happen. Zero percent chance is the quote that uh that the five reasons sports account used. Yeah, so zero percent chance is what is what we got. I mean, obviously, that, you know, nothing zero percent, but you know, uh, the people we spoke to would would know. And um, so, yeah, just kind of throwing that out there to kind of dispel anything. Uh, I know Brian was even doing like cap math this morning. Yeah, I wanted to see what would happen if uh, both Hassan and um, and Goron, Goron were were to opt out. Um, I mean, basically, my math, I was able to figure out if the Heat wanted to trade up in the draft. Um, I would assume that they would try to use any of the young kids. Probably the most likely that they would include would be Josh Richardson. And that, on top of also waving and stretching, Ryan Anderson would give him the space to sign a Max Blair. And uh, I feel like we all kind of know who that Max guy probably would be. It'd probably be Jimmy. Chris Middleton of (laughs) Campbell Walker. Chris Middleton, of course. Kawhi! Um, that would be nice, but I don't, it wouldn't come by himself. You have to do a second, like a sign trade to get a second player to come here if they wanted. If they wanted to woo Kawhi, yeah, I just not gonna happen. Which is gonna happen? We're not gonna get into this too much because you said this a lot. But my thing has always been like they're not close to contention, so maxing a thirty-year-old um, when they won't be good for the next two years probably isn't the best idea. So that's I, I've I've been on that position for. a It's while. fun in theory. It's fun to to actually like come together with an a way for the Heat to actually pull off uh, a max player coming in free agency because a lot of us are presuming that this free agency class Miami's not going to be players. I think they might be still a player in sign and trade talks. Um, I mean, I was listening to a podcast that Zach Lowe had about two weeks ago, and he basically said that he's heard that the Miami Heat will be aggressive. Uh, and and it includes the sign trade market. So. But like you know, he said that, and I always say like the Heat are always aggressive. Like when are they not aggressive? Like I mean, we like, they're always like try- even when they don't make deals. Like it came out earlier that they were trying to get John Wall, and they were close. Like just because you don't hear stuff, the Heat are pretty pretty airtight as an organization. Like we, we know that they're we know that Riley's aggressive. I we feel like this might be a different summer Riley. though. What'd you say, Alex? Yeah, we've already heard the rumors with Conley and Beal too. Yep. Yeah, that's I don't know. another I one. Like I that first step that you're talking about of actually being able to get that first star is the harder step than being able to get the second star. Because the Heat's problem with these stars has been they don't have anybody to play with them. In the sense, you're selling them on Dragic and Jay Rich and Justice, as opposed to once you get that first star, you the real hurdle is getting off of that money. So once you get the first <laughs> star, the second star is easier. That's how I feel about it. But it is a uh, pipe dream at this point. 
I kind of. How do you guys feel about them trading the pick to move up? I don't think it's going to happen, to be I honest. Uh, my, I mean, we can look at their past history. Riley's only traded up, and it wasn't even a lottery. He's only once to draft Shabazz Napier. They, dra- they went up two <laughs> spots, gave up two second-round picks the to draft Shabazz Napier. That was the one time. That was, that was the, the one time. This draft is going to be wild enough where somebody's going to be picked ahead that we're not anticipating is going to happen, and somebody's going to fall. So getting a high upside guy at 13 is going to probably be more attractive than cashing in Jay Rich at a good contract to move up three spots when they could have used Jay Rich to get Jimmy or do a million other different things that allow them to get a veteran. So I don't know that it makes a lot of sense from that perspective. I think that the opt-outs are interesting. I don't think they're going to happen. I think the Heat are praying that they did happen because in the event that they did, they, I think that then the 13th pick becomes something that they could attach to a contract to move and try to create additional space. I think that, um, like, let's the say the problem Kevin with Zouli that is, though is that that pick loses, I think, I'd, I'd say 40% of its value once it's used, unless you draft for a team and they know that they're, but you then know, you got to have your plan in place before free agency, much before free agency starts. This is true. And I know that the Hassan and Goran opt-outs come after that. So, I mean, I don't know if they could maybe tip them off to the fact that they would both be expirings that would get moved. So that would maybe um, – they would know that they're not going to spend the entire season in Miami so that they opt out. But it seems pretty unlikely. So then the next step is what? Use those expirings to try to get a star and attach an asset with it, see if you could pull that off. And then what's after that? You take those expirings and roll it over a year, get guys that are one year longer so that you line up for 2021. That could um, be a play. You could try cool, to... That's the cool shit about this offseason is that unlike others, I feel like there's so many different options and there's going to be so much movement and activity. There's so many teams with money to spend that are going to strike out and they're going to be looking to make moves that – there just has to be a move here that that kind of shuffles things. So that's that, a sadly. And, and one of the biggest things, a lot of teams have cap space this year compared to last season. But I, like, I don't even think it's the cap space stuff that I find interesting for Miami in the trade market. And I know Nikias has, has talked some of these trade scenarios, but because there's going to be so much shuffling of stars, particular KD, Kyrie, Kawhi, a team might feel like they're a little closer Right, like Portland and James Johnson, right? They might be willing to take a guy like him or stuff like that. So there may be some options for them to move some of those longer deals and clear up some money. I know Nikaias really liked that JJ to Portland fit. Yeah, I think I don't think it would cost Portland much. And uh, I mean, I'm not sure who Miami would want. I don't know if Mo Harkless would be on the table, if Alpha Rukamina would be on the table. Um, do you take the flyer on Myers Leonard? I mean, it would depend on which version, apparently. I mean, I, I want the version. I want the, <laughs> the twenty five points and a half version. Yeah, I mean, if we get that version, I think you you made that trade. We, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, Miami makes that trade. We. Oh, okay. You know what? The Kaya said we. <laughs> Write that hacked. down, Brian. I was hacked. I was well, hacked. You're a Raptors worst, fan. You're not. You're no longer a Heat fan. Worst case scenario is that they don't. They're not able to really pull anything off throughout this offseason because they're not going to spend any exception money. They're not going to pay luxury tax. So it could also get really, really quiet, which considering how active we expect everyone to be, that is going to be like the final gut gut punch to the fan base. So I really hope that they're prepared to make moves. It sounds like they are, but uh, that would suck. Here's a nugget from Barry Jackson's latest column that, that was released today. 
So um, he has sources, leaked sources, who has spoken to the Heat's front office in the past recent weeks. And they're saying that they expect the Heat to be aggressive in pursuing potential trades for high-quality high starters who are made available as long as the cap consequences aren't too onerous. He Boy, says, do yeah, and then here's a follow-up to it. So Dodie, he ideally would like to keep the kids, which is Josh Richardson, Justice Winslow, and especially Bam Adebayo. There are no untouchables on the roster. From talking to the Heat, one NBA official said the impression was that everything is on the table. Well, I mean, that's, that's nice to hear, I guess. I, I, don't, I don't know what you really do with that. I mean, scary. we know that they they were after Kawhi last season. I mean, like, what qualifies as a high quality starter? I, I would like, assume Mike like, Conley would be one of those players. But these are players that we know are going to be available in the trade market. There's going to be there's going to be some other players we don't know coming in the next month or two. But I mean, what what kind of? I mean, like, yeah, find the the Nuggets fine nugget but like what what does that really tell us like did, did we learn anything that everyone's on the table i kind of i think we all kind of expected that right yeah they don't have anybody of value right like there's, there's no there's no it feels 20. like a pr play they're saying that they're, they're not gonna they don't want to do on the the whole big contract thing and that they're they're trying to show the fans that we're out here trying to make moves we're we're trying to better this team right now that's what it kind yeah, of sounds like to me i don't know man it's it's like I, I, How I does David Griffin feel about the kids? <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a say? nugget here, too, about uh, the Heat's willingness to use um, carrots is the word, but really you mean to draft picks mm -hmm. to kind of sweeten or offload bad contracts. The last season, Heat were adamant in not using any sweeteners for uh, to offload any of their bad contracts. So I'm proud of them. Dion, JJ, uh, maybe Kelly, if you want to put them in that same class. Um, it says right now that the Heat... While still disinclined to do that, an official who spoke to the Heat said that Miami has made no guarantees to that effect this year. See, I, I don't know what would have changed from last summer to this summer that they would feel like there has to be a shift in their philosophy. That uh, right? There's no Dwayne Wade? Well, and potential for flexibility. You know what I mean? Like, I think they have to keep the door open because they may all of a sudden get in position to have max space like Brian laid out. So, like... In the event that you can do that, whether it's by moving expirings or by opt-outs, then maybe you do want to attach a carrot to a player to uh, to create flexibility. I think that – I think after the playoffs – like I think a guy like Dion has value to a team, right? Like I think uh, somebody – I was throwing this around the other day. You're looking at me funny, Nikaias. Like, like a team like a team like the Raptors, like who <laughs> the, before Van Vliet went Nova, you know, it, it was very clear that – they're only playing eight guys, right? Like th there have been teams in these playoffs that are thin on guards and a guy who is not a bad defender, who's a, like a decent shooter and who could handle the ball and has a quick first step. Like that has value. Like, you know what I mean? So I do think I'm a little more confident than I was before in guys like JJ and Dion finding a home without a sweetener. I do think Kelly is a guy that you could just give to someone who, cause he's good and he can help a lot of teams. He could start for a lot of teams. So, well, another way they could do it though is like if they take an expiring and then take one of those guys that has a longer term contract, like Dion, like let's say Goran and Dion, and you take back some huge, massive contract that expires in 2021, 
you can help a team in the short term. They have to take on an 11 million or 12 million Dion, but uh, then we would then line up cap space for 2021. So Chris there's a, just a ton of options that way. So what you're saying is you like Nicholas Batum. I understand. Kind of. I mean, that, that, that's kind of, you know, maybe not in the Goran scenario, but something like that. Didn't Barry float out uh, Kent Bazemore? The Dat Master. Um, I think Gordon Hayward is an underrated option that I think the Celtics are going to look at moving that I think the Heat could explore. So um, if Kyrie leaves, that's where it gets interesting. Which because, he's going to leave. Like if that's Kyrie if Kyrie leaves Boston, like I'm they did trade for Kawhi though. <laughs> yes, I'm almost willing to attach a pick to kind of get Gordon Hayward. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but I feel Hell like that's no. a pick. Hell no, require that. Hell no. No, I think it would. You're no. saying attach a pick to get Gordon, or yeah, you're like, saying like Boston if, has to attach one? No, 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 no. Like if you're Miami, like if you send them some of your junk and a pick and get Gordon Hayward, I think you absolutely do that. I don't think it would take that. I think you don't think it would take that. that. I think you're overrating his value currently in the league. He has negative value at, at this point. Man, at he, least was, that's he was not bad perception. in the playoffs. What does Nikias think? <laughs> Man, I'm not giving up anything of value for Gordon Hayward right now. And I think in general, if you're talking about these heat moves, um, this free agency class is good at the top, but I don't think though any of the super top guys are realistic options for the Heat outside yeah. of maybe Jimmy Butler. And he's – I'm not sure if he's a number one on the title team at this point. No. So, I think if you're going to – if you're going to move guys, you move the guys that aren't going to help or the guys that don't really complement your big three. You move Dion or you move JJ even though he has defensive value. But I don't think you – you know, I don't think you flip Kelly because he is such a great fit with the young guys. And I don't think – you know, so if you're moving Kelly, you're doing it to add to who exactly. But I think at this point – I kind of agree with you earlier, G, about why what would make Miami kind of shift focus with trading their picks. Because before, adding the pick is because you want to get rid of four years of Dion, four years of J.J. Before Kelly played, well, four years of Kelly Olenek. Um, Dion's expiring, I think, what, next year? No, two years. Or the year after next? I mean, it, I mean they're two he's years. Two, I don't, I don't really see the left. value in yeah. doing it at this point. Like, no, you, you only do it if you know a whale is coming. You know what I mean? And you, you draft a player, the highest upside guy you can, as I, I'd assume the way this would go. You don't sign them so that they still have the ability to be traded. Mm-hmm. And then you trade, you know, you attach that 13th pick, whoever you take, to shed salary. But that would be only in the scenario where you know you got a whale lined up. And I, and I mean, some people are talking like that, that kind of stuff back channeling is taking place, but uh, that's not anything that I've heard definitively, except, I mean, we all know Jimmy wants to play in Miami. It's just a matter of, you know, how, what kind of hoops is everyone going to jump through to make that a reality? Listen, guys, the sign trade is actually not that difficult as a lot of people are presuming. The only scenario where he could do a sign trade is basically them sending out like they have a six million um, trade exception that they can use, so it kind of helps matching the salaries be a little easier. But uh, if if you're I mean, you're gonna have to be signing trading with Philly, so you're gonna have to figure out whatever two players that might make twenty twenty five. My presumption is Justice and Kelly would Ryan be the two Anderson. players that would have to go in exchange for Jimmy if they want to do a sign trade with Philly. Well, couldn't he opt into the final year of his deal? He could, he there? could, but I think he might. Uh, personally, pairing, it's it's gonna be the same contract with- if. It's going to be the same contract if he signs a four-year deal with Philly or if he signs a four-year deal with Miami. Because it has to be three or four years if you want to do a sign trade. How does that benefit Philly? 
I they get something back. Josh. I don't think they'd want Justice. Yeah, I don't think they'd want a pair of Justice and Ben. I then you trade Josh. <laughs> you know, one of the two kids are going to have to go in that kind of scenario. Not Justice. Not Justice. <laughs> they need justice no, like, We've already seen they like Josh. I think does Justice have the reputation of a good shooter in the round of the league yet? Or no? Probably not, right? I think they're starting to kind of defend him more like he can actually shoot. So I think next season is a little They're yeah. not just leaving him completely wide open. <laughs> next season is going to be a huge test for his three-point shot because now it's going to be more on the scouting report. And now the, those closeouts, are going to, the sad head, they're going to be a little tighter. And I wouldn't be surprised if the if the three point percentage drops a little bit because the quality of looks he's going to get is not going to be the same. Yeah. Yo, G, who do you want in the draft? I want Rui oh Hachimura. Did I say his name? Why? Because right? um, he's Japanese. No reason. Just because he likes know, anime. He seems, you know, the comp was Jabari Parker. Um, I think Jabari, but not as athletic. I think Jabari, with a good coaching structure and good organizational infrastructure, yeah. would have been a Y'all successful NBA player. Right now. It's priceless. Nikaias right. is essentially doing the James Harden face before he like oh like sidestepped away in that meme. He's um, like Carmelo, but without the jab step. Jesus, not without the infinite jab. Carmelo step. without the jab step. Alex, who do you want? <laughs> oh, that's hard. Man. If I had to pick one. I'm still probably going Seiku. Dumbuya. Nikaias, okay. who do you want? Who is Seiku? What does give, he do? Just give me Brandon Clark, man. I, I feel like, I mean, he's going to be the best player available on the board. I think he has some upside because the shooting touch is real, at least around the rim. He has, uh, yeah, he just has elite touch. And I think the fact that he's already making tweets to his jumper and he is a decent free throw shooter kind of leads me to believe that he's going to be fine as a spot up shooter. And that's kind of all he's missing. He's an elite defender, good passer, good rebounder. Great finisher. I mean, that's. that's I like that you think it is that he ends up available at thirteen. Who is who is Clark and what position does he play? Brandon Clark is a four out of. Um, he was actually going. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on, G. You really need to do some draft prep on this next part. Oh we can't have this in the middle of the show. Members of your staff had written about draft prospects. <laughs> I gotta be honest with you. I, haven't read a, I have. I have not read a single. Um, sentence that you guys have written. Yeah, I have God, the story. I, I, I had the story open and I'm like scrolling through your damn tiers. I see Seiku in tier two. So you want a tier two guy? He's yeah. from France. What school did he go to? It's a little unknown. No school? NA? What is this? He, he's not in the school. He's playing in the professional league in and France. And he's only averaging Thank 14 you. points for 36 minutes, 6.2 rebounds, 1.4 steals, 1.6 blocks. He just had one of his career games like a week or two ago. Ah, uh, yes. 29% shooting? Finally, finally sees the numbers. He's not even like, he's, he's and he just turned Yo, 19. None of he these just guys turned, shoot? He's, young, he's like one of the youngest prospects in this draft. Why is everybody like the three point percentage is in the 20s? Everybody except Rui. Jesus Christ. What has Rui done? Please oh, tell me. He's athletic. He's not athletic. He's smart. <laughs> he's smart. He's, um, is he smart? The only thing I've seen Rui done lately is that he's on the cover of GQ Japan. He is? Let me see that. Brian, who do you want to draft? Uh, right now, Kevin Porter Jr. Is that the one with the mess up That's been changing lately. Yeah, mine changes every single day. (laughs) You know, um. Oh, dude, this cover is fire. Clark is the man. I like um, Clark too. But I just we gotta draft this Here's guy. Here's the thing with Clark. Clark. I don't. Where do you play him yeah, on this that, heat rotation? So you, you beat me to it. Like, what happens if Hassan opts in? <laughs> and you have Hassan, Bam, Kelly, James Johnson, and then you draft this hybrid four 
that can't get on the court in year one, and then we are excruciatingly twenty four in year two. You send like, <laughs> you send hashtag the big fella home. There you go to uh, to Charlotte because PJ Washington would present the same issue. So like in everyone I talk to, it seems like they're focusing more on guards. Um, and well, you, know, the, you know, with only Dion and Josh really as twos, Goran is your only one. Um, like that. I mean, I know Justice is the point guard going forward. Let's hope so. But like, uh, other than Goran, you're kind of getting thin there. So I think they're really looking at guards. If there's going to be tiebreakers, they're going to lean in that direction. But um, you don't think they need a wing more? Well, like, did, they, they the Barry like story a... today. Uh, I mean, here's the latest draft chatter. So the he has told people it wants to find an athletic wing who can shoot and defend, ideally in the six foot six range. But at number thirteen, Miami would take a power rotation player, a la Brandon Clark, if one is clearly ranked ahead of a wing, even though wing is the preference. And they like PJ Washington a lot. And PJ Washington is six foot seven. We'll follow. I think he has a seven foot wingspan now too. I kind of feel. Like, their biggest need, and I know that what I'm about to say is going to be ridiculous because, like, they're not, they can't find, they can't, yeah, exactly, (laughs) they can't find it. But I feel like their biggest need is a scoring wing who can create off the dribble. Oh, look, Kevin Porter Jr., six foot six, scoring wing who can pull off the dribble, step back threes, a la James Harden. Calvin Johnson, don't sleep. Can that guy? Okay, Brian. Can this? Uh, can this? Uh, auto Auto Porter, Kevin Porter, whatever this 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 Porter. <laughs> oh this God. this uh, this is almost <laughs> as bad as Marcel Auto Porter, Flex. Kevin Porter. It don't matter. It was LeBron. Me. Um, can this? Uh, can this Porter guy? I do love Porter beers. They're Fox. aggregating our content, guys. I'm suddenly Greg Cody. I know, man. <laughs> no, no. Okay, so 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 legit. Can this Porter guy? You we see him play next to Justice. Like, can he play a little off ball? He's a two. So, yes, uh, it would be... Okay, but they, they personally draft a my, two, the, and then we're, we're doing this thing where we're not having Josh at his position. Well, he could position. probably play a three, but he's been they playing a two. They need a guy who fits at three. No, I Ooh, think he, they're both twos, Josh and... I mean, and Kevin Porter. The Kevin, issue, Kevin Porter has size. The issue with Miami's defense when there is an issue is when Josh is guarding bigger guys. Josh has to guard guys that Josh can guard. Brandon Clark's going to be able to but guard. But if you're projecting threes. Justice as the point guard going forward, that's the part. That's the other and thing. And damn that's well, better be. Yeah, so Justice will guard the threes. Exactly. So three. There you go. Hey, we fixed the problem. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I just was like the Raptors. You love to see yeah. it. You got problem solving Raptors. And then we got Bam. You can switch. You can switch any one through five. You can switch. That's yeah, the thing. I don't, I don't really. Players. I don't really like Kelly switching onto ones. I don't know about that. I <laughs> said Bam, not Kelly. Yeah, but if you're saying they can switch one through five, that would indicate that everyone on the floor can switch when Kelly cannot do that. All no, the only Bam can switch. <laughs> so would you guys be excited if you heard that uh, the Heat called and asked if they could trade for LeBron James and if he was available? Yes, but I don't think that's going to happen. What would, you get, what would you give up for LeBron James? Uh, I give up Ledger. two of the three kids, primarily Josh oh. and Justice. You just say two of the three. You act like that's it's whatever the hell the Lakers want. <laughs> the Lakers are one of the most guy. dysfunctional franchises Brian, in the league. You think that you're gonna like you think you're gonna tell the Lakers? No, yeah, no, we draw the line. At wait, 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 hold on, hold on. We're talking about LeBron James. He's like everybody considers him like the mastermind behind every single thing that happens in the league. Could you like, imagine he doesn't know where he wants to play and he's not going to force his, like Jimmy Butler tried to force his way to Miami. You don't think LeBron would have a better shot at forcing his way to Miami if he had a chance? Well, here's the thing about that. Like LeBron obviously has more cachet with his name or whatever, but like LeBron is entering year two of a four year deal. Jimmy Butler was expiring. 
and that's really where the conversation ends. Like, there to make movies. Lamar doesn't have a no trade clause, so it's not like he can really decide. Flex the muscle. Hey, guys, what would you give up for him? <sighs> I don't know, man. Or would you not trade for him? I, like it'd be cool. I guess I'm just kind of like, what's the not what's the point? With what's the point? <laughs> but like, what's the point? <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know how to really articulate this yet. I'd have to sit and think. He about would it. make. Watch. He would. He That's would it. make Hassan God. No, Hassan's gone well, in that deal. Yeah, yeah. I'm about to say if, if LeBron <laughs> really wants to come to Miami, Hassan. Can we not entertain any scenarios where we have to keep dealing with that, please? With Hassan. With Hassan. Yes. <laughs> Precisely, please. He's gonna be your friend this season, can, but can I, I think he'll be gone by the trade deadline. He's gonna leave the dumpster fire to come play I, with Dion and Hassan. I think, he'll, I think he'll be here for the for the remainder of his contract, guys. I have like a serious like question: Is there like Miami has their three guys? They have a point guard, they have a, a three and D shooting guard, and they have a center who possibly could be very special. Um, is there a guy in this draft who fits seamlessly with those three? I think we're talking a seamless fit. A you seamless fit to grow DJ together DJ. and who's not who's going to complement them while also excel. Like like is there is that available? I I here's the thing, complement them and like cuz this team is missing a primary scorer. That's what I'm saying. They need a scorer. So the, the only the player I can think of in a draft that's going to be from the Heat's range is Kevin Porter. But that's not going to happen right away. Like the thing is It's not. No one no no one is in this class. Even Zion probably wouldn't exactly. be a primary that's scorer. That's why I think this, this whole thing of like yeah, they obviously need a scorer, but you're not going to draft this shot creator number 13 is going to average 15 points a game. And I'm talking about as a retort to G because G keeps saying that and like we no, all that's love what I'm saying. Like I I don't think that that's like available to them. I think it's going to be something that maybe we could develop in the next year or two. Yeah. Like, Kawhi Leonard wasn't where he was after the first two, three seasons of his career. I guess I'm asking because you have your young guys on their There's not going to be a player that's going to break out like Donovan Mitchell, if that's he, what you're asking. Like, you have guys, you have two of the three on their second contract. The other one's about to get on a second contract. Like, there is a bit of a timetable. So, I don't know how much of a project they can take on. Is what I'm saying. Well, that that's why they're going to trade for their primary score. Like, like I know I we've so been too. talking about them trading for years now, and it feels like it's never going to happen. So we've almost like we <laughs> all Leif. mentally are like, this is so draining, and it's not going to happen. They're not going to make any moves. It's going to be the same team. I really think this is the off season that we see movement, and they're going to get a primary <laughs> score. <laughs> so like, Leif. Like deep down inside, do you think Pat Riley gets a meeting with any of these free agents, even without cap space? No. Yes, I do. Which because one? you know they can still sign and trade no matter if they have cat space or not. I, I That's what a lot of people don't don't realize. Like you don't need cat space to go after a free agent, but no, you but do need Brian, that free agent to pull the strings and make it happen. You do, and this is the other thing. I think that players and agents know that the that just taking meetings with Riley is something that'll get their name in the paper, that they have interest somewhere else. And it's like, maybe it could be a leverage play. So even if it's like not a hundred percent genuine, I think what, you're going to hear. And that's heat. what happened with the heat and Tracy McGrady years back. This is true. Even though they had a deal ready to go, it was reported on the radio and I screamed in my car and then got home and it was off. I'm sorry about that. But what we got Eddie Jones and Brian Grant. <laughs> Imagine the alternate timeline where they have T Mac. They maybe never draft Dwayne. Sounds like a horrible. No, I don't want to do oh. that. That sounds horrible. Whoa. 
But that's a t- really cool but that's that. a timeline without Dion Waiters, and I for one am here. For Somebody it. Photoshop the uh, young D Wade and T Mac together, please. Wait, is your new slander player Dion Waiters and not, not Tyler like anymore? Dion. I, I don't. I wanted to say that because I wanted to end the podcast on a joke, but I actually like Dion. Dion looks good now. He's not fat anymore. Dion looks good, man. I'm telling you, Dion. Dion's gonna pull. Cool. Di- Di- <laughs> he looks good. He's not fat anymore. Let me tell you something. Dion's gonna play himself into a into whoever gets second place between the Raptors and the Warriors. He's gonna play himself over there. Watch. We'll see. Dion's Dion's gonna get sent to a contender. Somebody's gonna need him. I'm not here for six four Rui. You're listening to the Five Reason Sports Network. We've created a menu of intelligent and entertaining content on demand for commutes, workouts, and more. And by now, you're already familiar with the 15 different podcasts in our network. Today, we are proud to announce the premiere of our brand new website, FiveReasonSports.com. On it, you'll find columns from more than a dozen of our hosts, many who are professional writers in the market. Watch original videos from shows like Miami Heat Beat and Balls Cast. Browse our full merchandise shop. And unlike other outlets in the area, there's no paywall. Everything is absolutely free. All of this from a network that's credentialed from all five major sports teams in South Florida. Oh yeah, did we mention that it's free? We're by Miami for Miami. We're sports on your schedule. We're Miami Sports On Demand. We're the 5 Reasons Sports Network. Go to 5reasonsports.com today.